listening to Grim Dystopian with Fifi Kicks and Benny G, your music podcast for everything metal. Hello. Hello. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode nine. Guest number two. Episode Barrett. Yes. <laughs> Barrett's awake. Yes. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> Barrett is from Severed Records. And everyone knows Barrett. Yeah, everyone knows Barrett. <laughs> and you can tell we're used to just having two of us because we're like totally excluding Barrett from the conversation and talking to, about they don't even really want me here. Person. <laughs> like he's not in the room, but he's sitting right here. <laughs> Watching Jazz Fest. Yeah, Jazz Fest is right outside our window. Right outside the studio window. <laughs> studio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's do an introduction of Barrett. So owner, founder, everything Severed Records. Yes. So when did this happen? Uh, officially 97 in Richmond, Virginia. Wait, did you live in Richmond? For at least 12 years, yeah. Really? Did you grow up there? I grew up in Leroy and then moved to Virginia when sixth grade and then moved back here in 2000. Oh, I'm, did I miss that part of the story? Did you talk about that that night? Which night? Exactly. <laughs> huh, I didn't know that. So that's cool. Okay, so let's back up. So you were big into sports, right? Yes, when I was young. Baseball, football. Baseball hockey, was your yeah. deal. Oh, you're still in the hockey, right? Yeah, sled hockey. Yeah. We got I, we got to talk about that. <laughs> ben. Yeah. I would, oh. oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, on the track to baseball, all-star, right? Were you I gonna was, go to, definitely. Were you going to go to college for it? Probably if the wreck didn't happen, yep. Yeah. So, you got into a car accident. I did. So, what happened? I was I broke my back on the way to band practice in a car accident. We were in a, a hatchback car going down a road and uh, apparently the tire was messed up and we were jumping like going fast <clears throat> and jumping over, you know, if you go fast and then you hit a ramp or well, not a ramp but like a spot in the road where you catch air. Yeah. So we landed in the... What road were you on? Were you off-roading? <laughs> no, I was in the middle of nowhere in Virginia. Oh, okay. All right. And uh, we landed and the tire exploded and the car just started flipping through all the trees and everything. And the driver broke his wrist. The guy in front of me ripped his head open, broke his leg. The guy next to me flew out the window. Jesus. And I was pinned under... Well, my legs went underneath the front seat and I was twisted and the amp landed on my back. Wow. Oh my God! Do you remember any of it? Up till it happened, and then not till like two months later. How long were you in the hospital? Uh, a year or oh, so. Oh shit! Wow! Wow! How old were you? Fifteen. Jesus, that's crazy. Good times. So <laughs> that obviously ended your baseball career oh yeah both of my legs were paralyzed i was in a wheelchair so you had to learn to walk all over again oh yeah and you still I couldn't even move my legs for a year and a half two years so well, not did, less than that actually did but they expect you to be able to walk again no i wasn't supposed to 
That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, here I am. That's pretty that's pretty fucking cool. Are you tearing up over there? Yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> so you walk you walk with a little bit of a limp today, but I do. Well my um, leg's still paralyzed in the left leg from the knee down. But it's barely kind of noticeable, considering that you were supposed to be paralyzed, right? I should be in a wheelchair, yeah. And Ben and I were super surprised how fast you fucking maneuvered through Death Fest with your cane. Yeah. You fucking beat foot on us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I've had enough drinks and I get excited, I can go pretty fast. Yeah, we, we know. You were fucking gone, blazing. Well, we were going to see two mold yeah. at the time. Yeah. I was, I was, I was, <laughs> Um, so, um, I just want to back up one second. Um, you were going to band practice. Was that you were you were drumming then, right? Yep. Okay. And was that the Rasp days or this was way before that? Before that, this was just some crappy band I had in my garage, my parents' house, and none of the guys would ever show up on time, so we'd have to go around and find them. Got you. So we literally drive to each person's house and get them, and we finally got them. So we're like, all right, we'll go on to Wendy's. And then we're going to drive around and go get Chance, which was the bass player. Mm-hmm. And that's when it happened on the way. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. So if they would have just came to band practice on time. It yeah, right? It's all their fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you've told me bits of that story, but I've never heard the whole story before. I've never heard any of the story. That's crazy. I just thought you got into like a car accident of some sort and like hurt your leg. I had no idea that you I broke wish it your was back. That yeah, that's crazy. And here you are. Here I am. We are so blessed. Yes. <laughs> so baseball at the time was off the table. And I actually just quit. Um, it was on varsity. Well, junior varsity. I can't remember. And I quit that year because a guy who was on the varsity team wasn't doing good. So they wanted to put him on the JV team. And he wasn't as good as me, and the coach even told me this. So he's going to bench me and play this guy that wasn't as good as me. I was like, well, why don't we just switch? Yeah. He's like, I wish we could, but it was like the politics of the school or whatever. He's like, no, you can't. And I started every game. I joined the team in eighth grade when you can't t- technically be on the team till you're in high school. And I made the team. I tried out and all that. And uh, played every game for two years started every game and then just because this kid couldn't hack it in varsity he came down i was like fuck that i'm yeah that's I'm, lame i'm done yeah and then the wreck happened i don't know not even six months after that which is kind of odd yeah that yeah. is weird the timing of that but it, it was on a sunday so i wouldn't have been at baseball practice anyway so hmm. interesting because my dad's pissed about that if you would have quit, you probably, that wouldn't have happened. I was like, Dad, it was on a Sunday. <laughs> we, st- we still had band practice. <laughs> so what got you started on metal? Like, what did you start listening to? Uh, see, the first stuff was Metallica, Megadeth, Misfits, like punk and metal. Okay. A lot of punk. COC, like Technocracy. Like No. <laughs> no, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> now Misfits Master of Puppets Metallica Garage Days um, COC Technocracy was real big in the beginning and then I just uh, just kind of 
sprawled from there. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. At what point did you decide, like, I'm going to start a record label and I'm going to make it my living? Well, that's a two-part story. Okay. First part was 97 in Richmond. I was living with uh, Ryan Parrish, who's the drummer of Disinterment at the time. He's now an Iron Reagan and Suppression Mammoth Grinder. Big, big drummer now. Still my best friend. And they did. I was kind of the manager of Disinterment then. None of us knew any better, but I was doing the magazine and getting them recording. So we got recorded them a promo, and they already had a couple demos before I got involved. So I was like, "All right, so we'll get a promo." Then it came time they had a full-length album ready, and they didn't have the money to do it. I was like, "Well, I have the money to do it." And I was like, "Well, I'm doing the magazine, so it was called Severed Pages." So it's like, all right, do Severed Records. And I put out their CD in 97. And, and it just started from there? It was just kind of a thing. Put that out, and then they had a side project, black metal band called New Millennium's End. And I actually did a cassette version. Well, it was a cassette tape. 100 copies. That was my second release. And that was shortly after that, just because they had the tape, and I was like, oh, I'll put it out. Yeah. And then I uh, was doing my second uh, magazine, and I went to a Champagne, Champaign, Illinois Death Fest, which was at this like Moose Lodge type of thing in the, in the outskirts of Chicago. And we drove 15 hours from Virginia to get there, and it was, it was a train wreck, but incredible bands, old school, death metal. Real brutal stuff. And when was that? Late nineties. This was ninety seven, ninety eight. Mm. No, this was ninety seven. Definitely. I just saw the flyer the other day. Someone posted it, and uh, got a whole bunch of demo tapes from there, and went back and I found this one. This band disfigured from Long Island, New York. I was like, this is amazing, and I wanted to do another release. So I got the I called four one one. I saw the guy's name <laughs> in the tape. And it's, it's Ryan Scrutamenti. And I'm like So I called New York information and I called his house and this I was drunk as shit. It was probably like eleven thirty at night. <laughs> and I didn't know it was his mom's house, I wouldn't even think of it. I was like, Can I speak to Ryan? She's like, Ryan. She's like, What do you want? I was like, this, uh, my name's Barrett. I'm from Severed Records. I was seeing if I could put out your son's CD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't say son. I was like, put out the Disfigured CD. She's like, hang on, rah. and she goes and got it. He's like, and he's, he was all about it, and then did that, and, which was really cool because uh, Chris from Internal Bleeding did the layout. Brian Griffin from uh, Broken Hope did the recording, and uh, that was '98 slash 99 and then moved to New York and at that time it was just kind of like a hobby kind of thing because I was I was a printer like printing yeah and I moved to New York and I applied for at least 20 printing jobs all over this area and I couldn't get one so I was like okay I'm gonna try and do severed for real and then I signed putrefied from the Netherlands put out their EP and, and just kind of went from there Made a website. I don't know, went to every show possible within a 15 hour radius. Brought my little suitcase of CDs. That was it. That's awesome. 
you have an awesome story. Mm. Like, I don't know that you know that because you're living it, but you're probably very inspirational to a lot of people that like want to follow a path. Like you're living your best life. Like you love music. I love everything about music. Yeah. What is a normal day for you in regards to like severed look like? Like, do you have like a routine? Do you get up and ship shit? Do you like, I definitely have a routine. It's, I get up, I eat a granola bar, go in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) I go through all the emails from the night before and orders or whatever. I pull the orders, depending on the day, I stack them in an area. And then I go to the post office two to three times a week, depending on how many orders. Yeah. And then there's trades. I mean, I don't know. Then new bands, listening to new bands, figuring out how to sign a new band. I don't, it's hard to explain. Yeah. So how do you how do you sign a new band? Like, do they come to you? Do you go to them? Like, what does that process look like? It's different every time. Okay. Um. Uh, like malignancy. I've known those guys for probably twenty five years or something, or twenty years or so, and we've been talking forever about working together. And we just did that double CD. They re-recorded the new album, well, their, their first album, and included the original version. And that just came about from talking to Danny over the years, and we, so we want to do it. I was like, absolutely, I want to do it. And then it took two and a half years to get it done, because they record like one song here, one song there, I think. Yeah. And then finally, it got done pretty much two or three weeks before Maryland. Which is not enough time to get things pressed and everything. No. <laughs> so we had to, I had my, the guy that presses my CDs had to rush a hundred copies and overnight them to me to get them in time. And I got them the day before we left for Maryland. Wow. <laughs> wow. But yeah, every, every single one's different. Yeah. Sometimes I'll hunt down a band. Sometimes they'll send me the stuff and I'm like, that's great. And then we'll try and work something out. And, it's always different. Yeah. So what's it mean to be signed with Severed? Like, what's <laughs> your goal? I know. What's these my are, goal? like, deep questions, <laughs> right? My goal is to help them out in any way I can. Okay. I don't know. It's probably <clears throat> it's probably different for each kind of each kind of release, right? What, what the arrangement is. Oh, yeah. Every single one's yeah, different. Yeah. I'll deal with pretty much any metal, death metal band. If I like it, I mean, send me the stuff. If I like it, I'll try and do it, mm-hmm. put it out. Basically, if I let's, let's say I hear something I like, and then I'll write them like, what would it take for you to let me release it on Severed? And then we start negotiations and go from there. Sometimes it's very simple. Sometimes it's very difficult. Some bands think they're bigger than they are. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do you handle like, or how? I mean, now and in the beginning, like how? Did you handle like the legal aspects of it? Like, the con- you make a contract with these people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, most of them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Ninety percent of them, I have a contract I send to them. Mm-hmm. But if I'm doing like a limited release, or even some of the bigger bands I deal with, I mean, we've known each other forever. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'll give you this, you give me this, and we just know that's how it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, for the most part, there's contracts. Like, how did you, when, like, the first contract you wrote up, how, how did you know what to do? I didn't. You Chris didn't? did. Chris? Chris wrote it for me. 
What? Uh, that's that's <laughs> pretty amazing. What? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I was like, Chris, Spam wants a contract. How did he Can know? you write me up one? Or did he pull it out of his ass? I guess. <laughs> and it's the same exact one I used today. Nice. Oh, I love that. That's great. That's awesome. <laughs> that's great. This gets brought up quite a bit now on the podcast, but so we reach out to every band to get their permission for like a couple different reasons. The first one is we kind of believe that it's their music and they should know what people are doing with it. We want to play it on our podcast. Like we have a brand, they have a brand. We want to make sure that we're all in agreement about what's happening. Right. Um, But there's also like a legal aspect of it too, because some of these bands are signed with record labels um, and the record labels own the music. So sometimes, right? Sometimes, but that's my question to you. Like, if I were to reach out to a band signed with Severed, would you have an issue with us? Like, do you? Me, I wouldn't know. Okay, so you don't care. No. Like you're all about as long band. as you say it's the band and what it's from and all that. Yeah. Okay. No, I, the more the merrier. Yeah. That's what anyone we assume, that, but anyone that does is it's kind of weird because. The whole object is to get the music out. Right, right. And we're not making anything. We're actually losing oh, yeah. money. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so it's to us, it's like, why wouldn't you let us play a song? Like, it's free promotion. <laughs> exactly. You know, we're not making money. We're not reviewing it. There's no, we right. never say anything negative about a band we play. Right. Um, but maybe shit about the ones that talk to you like that. Yeah. <laughs> like that one that said no to us last week from France. Yeah. No, sorry. Fuckers. <laughs>
So we just listened to a newer release from Severed Records that was Amputated Genitals from Columbia, and the song we played was The Blood Runs Once Again. So, how did you two meet? I think at Chris's house. I think so, yeah. Yeah, when I first moved to Greece, I ran into Chris at the gas station. What's the name of that little complex he lived in? Um, On Dewey? Oh, what was that place? Yeah, I, I don't remember the name of it. Behind Friendly's? Yeah. I ran into Chris across from Friendly's at the gas station. I was like, you live around here? He's like, yeah, I live right there. And I'd known Chris, well, for a while. Was it Venereal? I knew him before that, too. Yeah. Probably AGL and stuff. I was like, oh, shit, he lived there. And I, like, I lived five blocks down the street. I was like, oh, we got to hang out. And I think that's how we met. You came over there one night. Mm-hmm. I think so. Did and how long ago was that? 2000? Yeah, it had to be close to 20 years ago, right? That's crazy. Did you... You met um, Postman after Chris, right? Or no? No, I think that was after. What was it? I think that's how we started Venereal. Those three got together after hanging out with Chris and just... Like, we should just do something stupid. Uh-huh. Not stupid. <laughs> yeah, we get it. All right, so let's go into that. That's like a perfect segue. So you did the vocals for, you do the vocals for Venereal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that originally started with Chris yep. on bass. Yep. And Postman on guitar. And yeah, it was me and Chris talking about it. And he's like, oh, I know... I think that's how it started. I know Postman. So talked to him about playing guitar, and then I think we just did that demo up in Postman's attic. Hook flush demo. <laughs> <laughs> and Postman did the guitar and the drum machine, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that Postman did the drums. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, the drum machine. Yeah. Yeah, we're sitting in the attic. There's funny ass pictures. We're just there. <laughs> 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 When did you put out the first Venereal? I put I put him on the spot with that shit all the time, yeah. too. Don't I worry about it. I think it was 2005. Yes, it was. How many Venereals are there? Like, actual releases? Yes. Or, well, we did a whole bunch of demos and splits there for a while, and then put it all in one CD, like a compilation CD. So... If you do those two, there's two. Okay. But they're so I eightish. I assume there's a whole bunch of like unfinished, unreleased shit out there. Is that what you're telling no, me? No, no, we did everything. Oh, okay. No, there'd be like the five song demo, then we did a split. Oh, the okay. Chainsaw section, then we did all another right. split, and then we compiled all that on a decorations of decapitation CD, and then we did uh, the one with Ken. Which uh, bleeding the humans, and that was the last thing. So when? What year was that? Was that 2008 or was that 2012? I think it was 13. Eight. Was it 13? I, I think it was. I don't. Yeah, know. I lose. I'm I know, so bad at this. I'm so bad at it. Was it 13? Six years ago? I think so. No, no, it had to be longer than that. Was it longer? It was longer than that. <laughs> So how did you... 2011. 11. Oh, wow. I was closer to the crap there. 
So how did you get introduced and like how did that happen? Did somebody approach you? Well, did you like Chris, raise your right? hand and yeah. okay? Yeah, it was Chris. I mean, I I think I'd worked with Chris so much before that it seemed. I guess it was kind of like natural, natural in, in a sense. Well, plus we did that abysmal fall stuff because Postman put it out and I was the distributor of it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I just thought of that now. Hmm. It's all so, coming together. So you were still doing vocals, obviously. Chris was still doing bass. Ben was on guitars with Milkman. I call him Milkman. Postman. Postman. All right, so let's talk about the new version of Venereal because you guys are like bringing it back to life. Hell yeah. Right? So yes. Barrett, you're obviously still going to do vocals. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> you're Ben, you'll be on guitar. Mm, yes. Postman will also be on guitar. That's the plan. So he says. Yeah, he did agree to it. Chris on bass. Yes. And then Dan. On drums, yeah. From Wald Hexen was asked to do drums, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, Dan Heimlich remover? Is that what, they, <laughs> is that what Sean Juan said? <laughs> Heimlich, Heimlich, Heimlich remover. remover. <laughs> Dan Hemmerich. <laughs> um. But we were talking about it at Record Archive at one of the Metal Meltdowns. And Dan's like, oh, yeah, we don't need any of those shitty drum machine sounds in there. <laughs> or Ben's like, hey, I did those drum machines. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> Got awkward for a minute, but whatever. That's all right. I mean, I thought it was insanity what you did. Thank you. <laughs>
That last song was Phantasmal Festering from Rochester's Undeath from their upcoming EP on Severed Records and on tape on Caligari Records. The song previous to that was Venereal Messiah, Blackout Amputation from the album So Barrett, besides your love and obsession with metal, do you have any other interests as far as collectibles or hobbies <laughs> or anything like that? Yes, I, I do collect Mad Magazine and Mad-related items. Oh, okay. Anything Mad, Alfred E. Newman, any of the artists from Mad Magazine, I collect it. Nice. Obsessively. Nice. What, what got you into that? I was a kid, and I got Pee Wee Herman issue in 87, and just loved it. And I, every issue was had Alfred E. Newman different. Uh-huh. And the Mad logo is a different color, and for some reason, I always like things that are the same but different. Yep. Kind of like death metal. Yeah. Yeah. Logos, horror, same but different. Uh-huh. I actually called my mom into buying it for me because I wasn't doing good at reading in school. Uh-huh. And it had Pee Wee Herman on the cover, mm-hmm. the first one. I was like, Mom, if you buy this, this will help me read. <laughs> and I just wanted it because it had Pee Wee Herman on yeah. the cover. And she's like, it took like... 25 minutes it was a dollar 35 nice. and i finally got it and i just then i saw there was another one the next month and i stole that from the store and <laughs> after that i just started buying them and it's, then i found out there was collectibles and all kinds of shit and it started in 1952 and it was incredible then alfred e newman came out in the 1800s like his face the look of him oh really that old? Oh yes. I like uh, I have I had a, no idea. I didn't either. I have a a dentist poster with a likeness of Alfred E. Newman from 1907. Wow. Well, not a poster, a calendar. Uh, original. Yeah, he's been around. His likeness has been around since 1880 something. Wow. I think wow, it's the earliest crazy. one someone saw. So in 50, what was it? 56, I believe. No, 54. Bill Gaines from Mad Magazine, also Tales from the Crypt, EC Comics. He did all that. Um, bought the rights to that face. So, no, because he was just a random advertisement guy yeah. face before. And Bill Gaines bought the copyright to his face and then named him Alfred E. Newman. And ever since then, no one's been able to use that face, huh. legally anyway. That's cool. That's really cool. I never knew that. I didn't either. But yeah, he created Tales from the Crypt, Pond of Fear, all that stuff, the same guy. Awesome. So you also like Pee Wee Herman? Well, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> did you watch Pee Wee's Playhouse? Oh, yeah. That's, I did too. That shit is awesome. Yeah. Still. <laughs> we... Uh, <laughs> It is. <laughs> no, remember we started watching yeah, it again like a couple years great. ago. It's fantastic. What's the secret word of this podcast? <laughs> we have a show coming up July 4th at the Bug Jar, organized by Rochester Metal Booking, Steve Peck. Yes. Um, it is the Chasm Show. 
that also includes Cruciamentum, Infernal Conjuration, and Demontage. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So it's at the Bug Jar, and we're really excited. I don't think either one of us have seen the Chasm, right? No. I'm really excited to see them. No, yeah. Um, it's a good lineup. Yeah. So we hope to see all of you there. I A band I used to be in a million years ago, we were supposed to play with them in New York City. Oh, really? With Mortician. It never happened? It never happened. Um, wow. And I, I haven't had, had the chance to see them, so it's going to be really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So let's hear Infernal Conjuration okay. with their song, Infernal Conjuration. Perfect.
So both of you have a fascination for horror movies, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Not horror movies. Horror movies. What? Is well, maybe both. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> so where'd your fascination with horror movies come in? Clive Barker. Okay. Where'd your fascination with horror movies come in, Ben? Hmm. I don't Sleep know. Sleepaway camp. I know. Those were good, though. I'm well, actually the first. The girl with the dick on the beach at the end. <laughs> that was classic. I'm not sure where, where that came from, but okay. First one I saw was Chud. You remember Chud? Yeah, I remember Chud. Yeah. I, said, I was in second grade when that came out. That was the first horror movie. And I was like, this is outstanding. <laughs> and then. Uh, you weren't terrified? Yes and no, because. My buddy had an older sister that kept came coming out of her room. We were at like a sleepover birthday party or thing. She was, I don't know, we were, well, second grade. She was high school and like in her panties. And like, this is the greatest night ever. <laughs> 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 All right, I'm in. <clears throat> but when I seriously got into it, it was like Hellraiser, Nightbreed, like any Clyde Barker. Yeah. And I almost met him a couple weeks ago in Vegas. 30 seconds. I missed him. Oh, so let's talk about that. So you went to the Las Vegas Death Fest for the first time. I did, yep. Um, with your booth. Yep. How'd you do? It's all right. Yeah? Did you like the festival itself? The festival was incredible. Yeah? Bands from all over the world. All brutal death metal. Don't know other styles. Really? All brutal. Every single one. So it's a bear fest. Yeah, it yes. was a bear fest. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, it was fantastic. So I'm guessing you'll be going next year. I hope so, yeah. yes. Nice. It's expensive as hell. Everything in that city is expensive is as hell. Everything. But uh, a PBR and a double vodka and Red Bull, it was $25. Holy what? shit. Well, 24 Jeez. and a dollar tip. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. PBR. It's yeah. I, $2. Yeah, That's, I gotcha. And fucking a madness. Ten dollar drink, so there's thirteen. <laughs> so if we wanted to craft beer, there would be fucking shit out of luck. It'd probably be like fifteen. <laughs> yeah, at least. Fuck that. <laughs> All right, it's good to know. But it was a blast. I mean, nice. crazy city. Yeah. But not as crazy as I thought it would be. It just felt kind of normal. Yeah. It's kind of hard to explain. You could do whatever you wanted pretty much anywhere you wanted. Mm -hmm. And to me, that just feels right. <laughs> How it should could, be. It was like yeah. 3.30 in the morning, we're all on Fremont Street. We got 12 packs and liquor just sitting on the street. We're all just sitting around hanging out. Cops are walking by. We're all just chilling, having a good time. No one's saying a word. Went to bed. That's After. pretty cool. It's that's how it should be everywhere. You did not go to bed at 3.30 in the morning. Though. No, no. This was, I'm just talking. That's when that started. <laughs> oh, okay. Because you no. were still fucking light out when pictures were being taken. Oh, yeah. Well, the ones on Fremont Street, the whole thing is underneath a, a dome kind of thing. And there's a zip line for eight blocks. And it's all wow. lit and there's all kind of advertisements and... Did you do the zipline? No, that's the main thing I wanted to do that I didn't do. <laughs> Why didn't you do it? Because we couldn't figure out. The funny part was the zipline started at the hotel we were at, 
and ended at the club. Like, literally. Really? It was insane. And the one thing I wanted to do was the zip line. But we couldn't figure out how to get the bags and stuff <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> so, uh, next oh, time. Oh, that sucks. But, yeah, it was... I don't know, it just seemed right. Other than crazy expensive. Yeah. But you could do anything you wanted. And... Again, like down there, there's probably going to be fights. No fights. Nice. Not one scuffle anywhere. Yeah. Nice. It was crazy. It was great. Awesome. Big Mike does an amazing, amazing show. Very cool. That's awesome. All right, what are we on to now? What we're on to now is playing a deceased song off of Blueprints for Madness. Well, oh, wait, so we have some stories here, right? So you guys both kind of have ties sort to deceased. Of. Uh, Barrett does more than I do, but... Well, but you have a cool story, too. So, Barrett, let's talk about your history with Deceased. I've known King since I was, like, 15. How did you meet him? Uh, Up in Maryland, Phantasmagoria days, the old club there. They played everywhere. They were always playing everywhere. And I'd bring, I had my suitcase. I literally have a military suitcase. That's how I started the distro. With, like, CDs and... CDs, tapes... Whatever shirts I could fit in, the zines. I still have the suitcase. It's great. So I just take the suitcase to any show anywhere, and there happen to be shows all the time, in like Fantasmagoria, the Cave too. And just I'd set up my thing, and King was always there with his thing. And we just kind of met like that. I mean, I'm a little kid, and King's running around like king of the scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, we fucking roll. And I already liked the seas before I even met King. Yeah. So I was even cooler. And just after years and years of going to shows together, and he came up to my booth in Maryland one year. He's like, hey, you want to put out a Deceased album? I was like, yeah. He's like, what's your favorite? I was like, Blueprints. He's like, okay. I was like, wait, who do you want for me to do it? He's like, I don't know. Give me 200 CDs. I was like, done. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he comes back. He's like, Bam wants 250. He's like, okay. <laughs> and that was it. Nice. Put it out. And, uh, <laughs> it was great. That's fantastic. All right, so let's hear the triangle off blueprints.
So how do you know Kingsley? I don't know Kingsley. Well, but you do. Well, I I used to interact with him on a message board years ago. Back in the 1800s when he had ago. wooden teeth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, was, it was a while ago. Um, and I don't know. So he's really big into horror movies too. Yeah, yeah. 
So you <laughs> sent him a Facebook message yeah. like a week or yeah. two ago. Uh, so let's talk about this movie oh, because it gave me fucking nightmares. It's a fucking oh, wonderful one. Yeah. yeah. And I, I couldn't believe that because he's seen every horror movie ever made. Right. And he had not seen this one. And what is it? It's called The Greasy Strangler. And that is fucking wonderful. <laughs> it is fantastic. That sounds horrendous. It is so, it's so creepy. It is so creepy. It's so bizarre. I, I don't even want to try to explain it. Well, you got to explain it now. Well, Good luck. Uh, well, in There's, a nutshell. In a nutshell, there is a greasy strangler. There, there's a very old man that that does the murdering, and he is obsessed with grease. And it's really fucking weird like what kind of grease? and wonderful. <laughs> Pet <of> grease. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I think you just need to watch it. And you sent that to King. Yeah. <laughs> You got to follow up and see if he watched it. I hope you've seen it, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really worth watching. It's fucking very weird. <laughs> Was it on Netflix or something? Um, no, I don't not. think it's on Netflix. <laughs> I think I found it on Amazon. But it's really, it's wonderful. Yeah. Severed started back in the day when, before the internet, right? True. Um, or in the very infancy. Yeah. So what? what do you think... What would you say you miss the most about those days? Um, the excitement of finding something new. Yeah. Like, you had to really, really, really work to find new bands, yeah. to find new, I don't know, people to talk to that were, had the same interests as you. Right. You had to get in your car and travel. You had to make flyers. You had to put the flyers everywhere you traveled and maybe get some mail here and there and when you did it was like the greatest thing in the yeah. world you'd write them back and then you'd trade your tapes or CDs were infancy right then they were just coming out yeah. it's crazy expensive yeah. and fanzines and it was, it was a great time great time yeah I, I miss the zines a lot I, um, that was that was a really cool time Barrett brought us a really high quality one today. I know, I'm excited. I'm used to the, like, one of the last bedtime reading material. Good death metal magazines in the United States. Right? DOA magazine. I'm, I'm, exci- I'm excited. Yeah. Um, it's actually the premiere one now. Let's left, I think. Awesome. Well, thanks for bringing it. Except for like Despot, like yeah, and Terrorizer. Yeah, those are those are in a different kind of yeah, it's underground yeah, stuff. Yeah. Did you? As a tape trader, did you ever, I'm sure you have, hear a band that like became really big and you, you got like this demo in the mail and really, like, oh, demos. holy fuck, this is like leaps above everything else. Yep. Gutted from Ohio, mm-hmm. which turned out they only did, well, like, I guess one and a half albums. Three brothers from Ohio, Bleed for Us to Live, mm-hmm. came out in 94. Hands down. One of the greatest death metal albums of all time. You should get it this minute <laughs> if you can find it. But uh, let's see, other demos. Um, Scattered Remnants. Mm-hmm. They did uh, two mini CDs that were later released as a compilation on Deep Send Records, I believe. Uh-huh. If you can find that, get that. 
ultra brutal, like way ahead of its time for the time period. I think that was uh, 97-ish. Um, other stuff and tapes. This band Seraphim from Hopewell, Virginia. Great story about that. I was, I don't know, 14 maybe? And there was a, I lived in Richmond, well, a suburb of Richmond, Chester, and there is a place called Hopewell, which is pretty much like a ghetto-ass part of Richmond. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, part of Virginia. And uh, there, somehow I got word that this band Seraphim was playing there with another band that was supposed to like a Napalm Death kind of sounding or cover band. I can't remember which. No. So I had my, oh, my buddy's mom actually took us out there and dropped us off. And it was at a record store. It was a, like a, it wasn't all metal or underground stuff. It was, I think, pretty much everything. But it was right in the record store. So the, the drums were, like, right here. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Wow. Yeah. They were, like, little kids. And this is, like, the first, like, holy shit, what are we going to see here? Uh-huh. And Seraphim comes on. And it was, it was, it was incredible. Chris Booth, uh, this guy from Hopewell, the singer, Long ass, he's headbanging his ass off. <laughs> Deep vocals, drummer, double bass. It was fantastic. And it turns out the church helped them make their demo tape. So they had like 30 copies of this demo tape they made. Wow. And it was like three bucks each. <laughs> I was like, oh, hell yeah. This is the first demo tape I ever bought. Well, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> so I got that and ended up hanging out with Chris a couple times later in New Year's. And apparently there was a demo before this one. It's called the Orange Demo of Seraphim from Hopewell. And I could never get it. And Chris Booth fell off the face of the earth somehow. I don't know what happened to him. So I move up here. Start, you know, Brian Pattinson. He's in Anthropic now. He did uh, Glorious Times. Oh, yeah. We just played that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, talking to him years ago. It somehow Seraphim came up. I'd probably tell him this story or something. He said, oh, I have that orange demo. I was like, what? I was like, what? How the fuck do you have that demo? Because they, they didn't make little flyers. This goes back to the, the part where like, yeah. you put a flyer in for everybody when you yeah. talk to people. Yeah, yeah. So in Buffalo, Brian got the first tape of the band, of the first band I saw live in a record store when I was 14 That's awesome. in Buffalo and he still had it and he had the tape that I got the green one but there was only 30 copies that the church wow. helped them make and he sent them both to me oh that's cool that's I was like cool. this is the fucking coolest thing yeah. ever yeah that's cool I mean we're talking 30 years yeah that's really cool well, yeah 25 so years but it was it blew my mind that he had like anyone knew Sarah from outside of that little town in Virginia. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I don't know if that was off topic or not. No, that's No, perfect. I like it. That's very yeah. cool. And I just released Brian's new band, Anthropic, on Severed. Awesome. Split with an uh, amazing old school death metal band, Ruin, from California. They're on tour right now with Anacrusis from Mexico. I, uh, we, we literally just played them on the yeah, last episode, yeah, didn't yeah, we? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's really cool. That just blew my mind. I don't even know how we heard about that show. 
this dingy ass ghetto place. That's cool. <laughs> Let's hear a couple more songs from bands that will be playing at the upcoming July 4th Bug Jar Show. The first band will be The Chasm with their song I, The Pastfinder, and after that, The Conquered Sun by Cruciamentum. And after that, we'll be back with Barrett.
Barrett, what is coming up for Severed? Uh, right now, Putrid Pile is the big one. He's in the studio right now. It should be finished, mixed, and mastered by, I would say, the end of July. Awesome. So hopefully a September release. Then we got Human Artifacts, which is a 12-year wait since this has been out, which features Matt and Aaron from Lividity fame. Oh, cool. And just incredible guys and ultra-heavy, badass death metal. Then, let's see. We're doing a Wald Hexen from here in Rochester. We're going to do a demo CD. Very cool. Version of what they're doing now, and uh, hopefully that'll be out in the next month. Which is badass black and death metal. Yeah. We have uh, Vaginal Addiction from Canada. That should be out sometime this year. Ultra brutal, guttural death metal. Uh, Meat Shits. We're going to be doing uh, two different CDs. Uh, a brand new album. Their first album of new material in, I don't know, 20 years or so. That's awesome. And then we did... Uh, a series called Horrible, W H O R E I B L E, Horrible, mm-hmm. which compiled all their demos, our se- split seven inch releases. So we're doing volume two of that finally, which was supposed to come out like 10 years ago. Very cool. Along with their new stuff. Uh, Sodomized from Ohio, which we're doing all their demos from the early 90s, which those guys are now in Embalmer. And uh, Regurgitation and countless other bands. And Sodomize is still together now and Ultra Brutal. Great stuff. And Aborted Fetus from uh, Russia. Their sixth, fifth or sixth album, I think. Seventh, maybe. Full length. And... Uh, oh, at some point this year... My 400th release will be coming out, which is Disinterment, which was the first band I ever released in 97. This is going to be all their demos and unreleased material that came out before the one full length that they did in 97. So it's kind of like a full circle kind of deal. Oh, that's cool. First release, 400th release. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. So the band down in Virginia, they're compiling all the stuff and... These guys all went on to do great, great things in other bands, and so it's it's just very cool to get that whole piece of history locked yeah, in. That's really cool. Other than that, uh, oh, the new Undeath uh, mini CD will be out. I don't know by August, I think. Awesome. Yeah. So, so Undeath good stuff. Much more to come. Undeath from Rochester and Wildest yeah, Wild probably at the same time. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And they're playing a show on September 29th with Feetide and Cerebral Rot. Yes. Oh, we'll be the there. Oh, oh sure. my God. I can't fucking wait yeah, for that we'll show. We'll be there masturbating. Uh, yes. <laughs> I've already masturbated on the flyer. <laughs> so I, enjoy. I can't fucking wait. <laughs> and on that note. And on that note. Thank you guys very much for having me on here. It's been a fucking blast. Thank you. It's Thanks, been awesome. Barrett. We love you. Thank you very much. And 
We're going to have a drink and listen to some hot stove right now. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love hot stove. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> Thanks, Parrot. Thank you very much, guys. Bye. Much appreciated. Brrr.